Welcome to the sermon webcast of Good News Lutheran Church of Mount Horeb, Wisconsin. The following sermon was preached on Sunday, February 10th, 2019 by guest preacher Pastor Michael Schultz on the basis of Isaiah 6, verses 1 through 8. I'm sure you know this. This Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, is the big day. Is Wednesday the big day? This coming Wednesday is the big day. Pitchers and catchers report for spring training. Cactus League in Phoenix. It's going to start all over again. Pitchers and catchers report. I used to play Little League Baseball once upon a time, long, long ago. But my kids never did. From the age of four, they all played soccer. And truth be told, nothing against America's great game, but truth be told, my kids find baseball a little bit boring. They, they see the player, especially when the players are out in the field, and, I mean, it can go for three or four or more innings, and the center fielder, like, doesn't hardly do anything. And, and they sort of find that a little bit boring, as compared with soccer, of course, which was their game. And soccer, everybody's running, everybody's playing, everybody's doing something all the time. Well, at least most of them are. The 11 players on the field are very active, but not the ones on the bench. They're still just sitting there. My wife and I attend a Lutheran church called Trinity Lutheran Church in Waukesha, Wisconsin. They have a, for, a, for a Lutheran church, they have a rather large elementary school along with the congregation. The other day, we stopped in at a third and fourth grade boys basketball game in the gym, and five young boys were out on the basketball court, and I looked across the gym, and I could hardly believe my eyes. There were like 15 other boys on the bench. I'd never seen a third and fourth grade boys basketball team that big, like 15 kids sitting on the bench. But my wife reminded me, she'd been at a game or two before, she reminded me that the coach usually gets them all in to the game at some point. they'll, They'll all get in. Everyone plays. Everyone plays. How do you suppose that particular concept plays out when... We're here in God's house. That concept of, no, not everybody, no, people aren't going to stay on the bench, everybody plays. How do you suppose that concept plays out? When the theme for today's worship service has this somewhat specific topic of the Lord calls and sends out his messengers, right on the front of the bulletin for, for today. Sent, right there in the children's devotion. Sent. How do you suppose that plays out? Does everyone play? 
I think it's truly a topic that um, it's it's easy to go in the direction. I mean, here we all are. That this is what church is church is about for today. It's 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 sort of easy to hear about that topic and think to yourself, well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's nice. You, you, you really should talk about that once in a while. That, that's a good thing. It, 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 you might even think that it's, that it's necessary, you know, being the Lord's messenger and all, right? Sure. But, but maybe, that's, maybe that's not something that every last person is cut out for. Maybe that's not everyone's thing, that talking to other people, being sent by Jesus to serve him. Maybe that's not everyone's thing. I want to assure you right now that what I'm going to do in the sermon, I had no consultations with Pastor Bauer before the children's devotion, okay? I didn't talk to him. Maybe that's not everyone's thing. What if, you know, what if, I, what if I turn my back? And I'll close my eyes. I'm sorry, i got to watch the microphone. I'll turn my back. You don't have to do this for real, okay? But I'll, I'll turn my back, and I'll close my eyes. And you can raise your hand if you would like to be involved with me in this, um, this door-to-door talk about Jesus to people in the community event that I'm working on. How, how, do, you think, how do you think the hand-raising went? Or how would it have gone if I said you, should, you, you really should do this? I, 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 th- I think I know how those things sometimes go because myself included you know what happens when it's when it's volunteer time just like the kids heard this morning some especially when it's one of these things that we're talking about right now like sent going out to speak for jesus when it's hand raising time i think i know how that goes sometimes just from my own experience it's like your head your head just tilts downward a little bit and you're and you're sort of looking to the left and the right and Seeing if anybody else is raising their hand and sort of, sort of, sort of waiting for the awkward moment to pass, and and, and maybe you sort of raise your hand like that, and if he saw you, fine. But if he didn't see you, that's fine too. Uh, what are we all going to talk about on a Sunday like this, when this is what it's all about? The Lord calls and sends messengers. What are we all going to talk about? Well, this is the sermon, declares Captain Obvious. This, this, this is the sermon. And so the weightiest words, the most important words, are the ones that the Lord says. And what the Lord has to say on this, particu- on this particular topic is that he would have us look at this life-altering event that happened to Isaiah. This preacher named Isaiah was allowed to peer into heaven for just a little bit and to see what the Holy Lord God Almighty, my goodness, God Almighty on his throne, high and exalted, the angels all around singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. I'll I'll say that again. (laughs) Really? 
What are you supposed to do when you see that? Wow. Huh. What's that gonna have what's that gonna have to do with us today as we keep thinking about this theme for the service? A few years ago, I came to this very building. I visited Pastor Bauer, I don't know, four or five years ago. We had some business to talk about. I came over here and so this week I was trying to remember what the ceiling was like in this room. And I did remember it correctly. It was ceiling tiles, it's a drop ceiling. I, I did check your church website photos to make sure I was right about that. You know what's behind those ceiling tiles? It's not just uh, wiring and uh, air ducts and uh, metal trusses. If we started peeling back those ceiling tiles, there'd be this scene. This scene that Isaiah saw. This God right there. Granted, you and I have never seen the vision that Isaiah had. But there isn't a day that goes by that this isn't who God actually is. That he is right there above us. This very God, just like he's described in this vision of Isaiah, that's who God is. He's right there above us. This holy God, in all this majesty and splendor that just made Isaiah melt, this holy God isn't just 15 feet above Good News Lutheran Church. He is 15 feet above the baseball field, 15 feet above the soccer pitch. He is 15 feet above the state capitol building. He is 15 feet above the farmer's field. And 15 is just a number I pulled out of the sky. He is, this God, just like this, is present everywhere in the universe. And he is as holy, as holy, as holy can be. And I'm not. That's what smacked Isaiah in the face. He is as holy as he, is, as, as, as he can be, and I'm not. And I have to join Isaiah in that thinking, and you have to join Isaiah in that thinking, because there's no way that we don't have to make that same confession. We exist, we live before this holy God, just like Isaiah saw him. The holy God, high and exalted, seated on his throne, all the angels around him praising him. He has known my every thought. That God has known my every thought. He has heard my every word. He has seen, <laughs> with perfect clarity, he has seen that I don't stick out as being different from the sinful crowd. He sees that I have blended right in with the sinful crowd. When I'm working on sermons, this is just a personal thing for me, it's not any kind of rule. When I'm working on sermons, I try not to use the word imagine, just because it can so easily be overused. I mean, you can say imagine, imagine, imagine this, every sermon that you write, if you wanted to. So I try to avoid it, it, it tends to be overused. But in this particular case, I couldn't even use it if I wanted to. Because there's nothing to imagine. It wouldn't be the right word. Like, 
imagine you were Isaiah and you saw this fantastic, it wouldn't be the right word. Because this is reality. This God in the vision of Isaiah 6, we live before him, we exist before him every day. It's like our entire lives are an Isaiah 6 event. And we, being who we have been, we being who we are, how can we not be destroyed? Just like Isaiah thought. Woe to me, I am ruined because I'm standing before this holy God. How could we not be destroyed? It is one of the most vivid images that you will find on all the pages of the Bible. When you stand in the presence of God, and a thousand times, and even more, a thousand times, you have to recognize this is not good. When you stand in the presence of God, and it's demoralizing to think about your own guilt, and you are buried in shame, and you've got the Bluetooth headphones on, and all that they keep pumping into your ears is, woe is me, I am ruined on endless repeat. When that's the case, this scene in Isaiah 6 is what God plays and replays for you. That live coal with which the angel touched Isaiah's lips and pronounced him clean, that live coal came from the altar, the place of sacrifice. The centrality, I'm not turning my backs on you on purpose, the, cent the centrality of the altar in a, in a church of God, that it's always right there front and center, the centrality of the altar as the place of sacrifice, that is meant to communicate the centrality of Jesus' sacrifice. Which is the only, that's why it's front and center, because Jesus' sacrifice is the only thing that has put us at peace with God. So when God brings to you, when he brings to you the sacrifice of Jesus on a cross 20 centuries ago, when God brings that sacrifice to you, and it's like he takes that live coal and touches it to your lips, when God applies the sacrifice of Jesus directly to you, to your heart, and to your life, you know what he says? He says, you didn't think those unclean thoughts. You didn't say those unclean words. Those foul things didn't cross your lips. I'm saying, God says, I'm saying my son did those foul, vile, sinful things. I'm saying my son, Jesus, was unclean. The live coal with which the angel touched Isaiah's lips, God's saying that sacrifice of Jesus for, for all of that for all of that filthy uncleanness of yours, for all of that filthy uncleanness of everyone's, 
Jesus was completely consumed as the sacrifice on the altar. Exclusively based on Jesus' sacrifice. The Lord God Almighty, holy as he is, looks directly into your eyes. And he says, your guilt is gone. Your sin is paid for. Let that be what replays over and over and over in your heart and soul and mind. Your guilt is gone. Your sin is paid for. It is not by accident. You might recognize that these words from Isaiah 6 have also been turned into a song that we sing in connection with the communion service again and again and again, over and over again. They fit so well there. Here we are. I mean, God is present everywhere, but obviously in the Lord's Supper, he is present with us in a very special way. And we come to meet God right here at his altar. And we sense the same thing that Isaiah did. Woe is me. I'm ruined. I'm sinful. How can I meet up with God? And what does God do? He takes the live coal from the altar, the place of sacrifice. He takes the sacrificed body and blood of Jesus Christ, his son, and touches it to our lips, just like in that vision, and gives us that sacrifice of Jesus. And again, the promise echoes out. Your guilt is gone. Your sin is paid for. And right after those words that the angel spoke, Isaiah. Right after those words, that's when it happened. God did not turn around and close his eyes and ask people to raise their hands as volunteers. But he did speak. He said, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And you know, like, like we sang in that hymn, that hymn's familiar to a lot of people. Answer quickly when he calleth. It was, it was just that moment. God said, who, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And then came Isaiah's classic response. You know, Lord, after you do some head hunting throughout the whole land of Israel, if you don't really come up with the kind of person that you're looking for this job, well, maybe you can get back to me and, 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 and possibly if nobody else really volunteered for this job, we can work it out. Isaiah's classic response, right? Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Isaiah's classic response. I don't know if I'm really cut out for that one. That's, that's just a little bit outside my comfort zone, Lord. Isaiah's classic response. Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Oh, you know, Lord, things are really busy right now. The W-2s have been showing up in the mail. Uh, you know, those taxes of mine, they are not going to do themselves. Or maybe, just maybe, Isaiah's classic response was, here am I, send me. You know what I see when I look out over this room? I see a room full of people whose lips have been touched by that live coal. I literally see a room full of people who, without exception, can say, my guilt is gone, my sin is paid for. 
You know what I see when I look out over this room? I see a room full of Isaiahs. A room full of people who will answer the Lord's call. Because it's God's forgiving love in Jesus Christ that clears the bench and makes it happen that everyone plays. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information about Good News Lutheran Church, visit www.goodnewslc.org.